Life Happens with Pinelo Modine. Over the past several weeks, I've had the incredible privilege of meeting and spending a good deal of time with a group of talented women leaders, all of whom are qualified to be president. The choice we make this November is going to decide the future of America for a very, very long time. And I had a great choice, great opportunities, that I picked the right person to join me as the next Vice President of the United States of America, and that's Senator Kamala Harris. Kamala, she's tough, she's experienced. As Attorney General of the largest state in the country, Kamala took on the big banks over mortgage fraud and won, took on big oil when it wanted to pollute without consequences. She was a pioneer in marriage equality and tackled the gun lobby. You know, we've all watched her in the United States Senate go toe-to-toe with Trump officials, asking the tough questions needed to be asked and not stopping until she got an answer. As I said, Joe, when you called me, I am incredibly honored by this responsibility, and I'm ready to get to work. I am ready to get to work. After the most competitive primary in history, the country received a resounding message that Joe was the person to lead us forward. And Joe, I'm so proud to stand with you. And I do so mindful of all the heroic and ambitious women before me whose sacrifice, determination, and resilience makes my presence here today even possible. Now, that is the voice of Kamala Harris having been introduced by Joe Biden there as they are running now uh, toe to toe. They're going to guns blazing to November and hoping to win the, the presidency and the vice presidency position, respectively. Uh, Devin Barrington is joining me on the line, founder of Black Futures Group, which is pioneered the Black um, Lives Matter movement in the U.S. He joins me on the line. Devin, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Good morning to you on that side. Good morning to me. Good afternoon to you all. How are you doing? We, we are well, Devin. I mean, we, we can almost just um, sense the excitement on the ground in the U.S. It's quite palpable. How does it feel being on the ground in the U.S. at the moment? Well, I think, you know, at the period where we are still in um, a season of racial uprising um, and, of course, the pandemic, has shaped American life in ways that we have not seen um, in decades or some would argue forever. Um, I think uh, folks are recognizing the gravity of this particular presidential election, that it's not just about voting for a particular political party, but many folks feel like it's about voting um, in terms of whether or not what will happen to future generations, Um, that this is a pivotal moment where we have to decide between administrations that currently don't see the value of investing in um, climate change policy, doesn't see the value in investing in uh, the dismantling of inequity in this country um, and systematic racism, doesn't see the uh, worth of investing in our healthcare system, um, which is crumbling right now in the midst of COVID. And so I think lots of people are looking at uh, the candidacy of uh, Vice President Joe Biden and Senator Kamala Harris as um, the opportunity to shift things in a better direction, Um, even though there are many folks on the Democratic side that did not necessarily support either of these particular candidates in the primary. 
um, I think folks are recognizing the need to support them now, uh, moving towards the general election, because uh, Donald Trump is no longer a viable option for many people, particularly independents who took a chance on him in 2016. Those of us who have never supported the president, um, you know, also see this as an opportunity that while we may have supported other people in the primary, but this is an opportunity to turn things in the right direction. Mm. So, so let's talk about the significance of this candidacy, Kamala Harris being uh, Joe Biden's um, r- literally right-hand person. I remember him saying, well, if anything should happen to me, this is the person that I feel would be best positioned to take over. How significant is this particular union? Um, Well, this is particularly significant because we saw um, back in 2008 um, that uh, then uh, candidate uh, Barack Obama uh, selected Joe Biden to be his vice president. And a lot of people feel like it was um, the opportunity for Joe Biden as the uh, vice president to the first uh, black president of the United States, uh, a black man, that it was um, his responsibility to pay it forward and bring a black woman on the ticket um, because of uh, the fact that, you know, he made it to the White House um, in partnership with um, the first black president. Um, In addition to that, it's significant because black women continue to serve as the backbone of the Democratic Party here in the United States Mm. um, and vote at very high rates um, compared to other racial groups, um, particularly among women. Um, And so we have seen time and time again black women show up to the polls and um, really put Democratic candidates in positions of power. Uh, But I do think that people are not just wanting to see visibility on the ballot, not just wanting to see representation of a black woman, but wanting to see a black politics. Um, And so there are still some conversations about pushing Senator Harris further to the left. Um, you know, considering that uh, prior to her being in the United States Senate, she was a prosecutor um, in California as a district attorney and served as a state attorney general. And for many on the left, um, there are some concerns about her criminal justice record. Um, and so that's an opportunity for folks who will be supporting her to continue to hold her feet to the fire, um, to hold her accountable, to Um, continuing the more progressive version of herself that we have seen since she has been a senator. But as a prosecutor, um, there were some concerns, uh, particularly about her stance on um, cannabis, now that has progressed forward. Just just, just, just so that that we can can bring people in, Devin, what exactly was her position on cannabis? Right. So as as the Attorney General of California, she was not supportive of initiatives to initially legalize. She later then became supportive of efforts to um, legalize medically. medically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as a senator, she now sees the, the value of uh, complete legalization um, and recognition of the drug by the federal government. However, um, you know, given her previous record, folks are concerned and want to see her as vice president use her platform at, in the White House to dismantle some of the wrongs that she may have supported while she was an attorney general and a prosecutor. One of the other examples was that uh, she uh, proposed um, and enforced uh, rules that would make it a misdemeanor for a parent of truant students 
Um, and many folks felt like that was the wrong direction, that instead resources should have been provided to those parents um, because we know that, that those type of laws disproportionately impact black and brown mothers. Um, but we also recognize that this president currently, Donald Trump, um, is bad for low-income women, is bad for black and brown mothers, um, and is black, bad for the country. Uh, and so many of us have made a calculated decision that while there are pieces of Senator Harris's record that we are not necessarily happy about, that overall we feel that, uh, you know, uh, Vice President Biden and Senator Harris in the White House would be much better options than what we currently have with Donald Trump. Because, again, if we look at the policies of this current president as it pertains to the COVID-19 pandemic, as it pertains to his stance on systematic racism, um, basically believing that it doesn't exist, um, and on his stance on climate change, that this president could really jeopardize the safety, health, and wellness of future generations to come. And so uh, while there are definitely areas of Senator Harris and um, Vice President Biden's record that Democrats, um, particularly those that didn't vote for them in the primaries, are concerned about, um, that, that concern is definitely outweighed by the concern and the gravity of the current administration and the direction that they're taking the country in that many folks are, are concerned about, myself included. De- Devin, some of the concerns that you've just mentioned are, are, are concerns that she shifted on. So she, she had a position and has since changed her mind. Isn't that a positive thing that somebody can, can, can actually listen and, and be persuaded differently and actually say, okay, I may have been wrong? Absolutely. Um, and so, uh, but as organizers, we want to make sure that uh, part of the reason for that shift mm. is because community organizers, people connected with the Black Lives Matter movement, raised concerns and made it an issue mm. um, and held her accountable. And so oftentimes elected officials and politicians don't just shift on their own miraculously. <laughs> it's because the public has raised concern and has held a level of accountability. Mm. And so, um, you know, and the, the, the mantra of the late John Lewis, civil rights icon home to Georgia where I live um, is agitate, 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 and to get in good trouble. And sometimes good trouble is even holding good candidates accountable for previous votes and ensuring that that progression in their political ideology and thought and policy continues. The only way to continue that is to ensure that we're having honest conversations about the people who are on the ballot um, and also, um, as organizers, having a level of um, unapologeticness as it pertains to holding folks accountable, that doesn't necessarily mean that we say, oh, don't vote for Senator mm. Harris. Mm. Um, and and, and uh, quite contrary, it's the opposite. It's vote for Senator Harris, vote for Vice President Biden as our new presidential candidate, and then in January, when they are sworn in, continue to do the work. The work doesn't end with just voting. The work continues by engaging members of Congress. The work continues by engaging the administration in advocacy um, and ensuring that that progression of thought and political uh, uh, position continues. And the only way that continues is if people are bold about saying, I am voting for you and also I'm voting for you um, when holding you accountable so that we can continue to Mm -hmm. see those shifts and progression in in their policy statements and beliefs. Senator Harris is born of immigrants, Indian and Jamaican immigrants. Yes. What's Donald Trump's problem with that? 
Well, as a, as a product of an immigrant family, my mother is from Jamaica and my father is from Trinidad, uh, both in the Caribbean. Um, you know, the, the problem with it is that Donald Trump is a racist and a xenophobic. Um, and so uh, his issue that we saw with President Obama, that we're now seeing the birthers issue come up again where people on the right and conservatives are questioning um, Senator Harris's, Senator Harris' uh, birthright to uh, being a, a member of this country, a citizen of this country, and qualified to serve in the White House, um, that it all boils down to, um, you know, xenophobia, white supremacy, and systemic racism. Donald Trump, as a private citizen, um, for years had a record um, as a businessman of discriminating against immigrant families and people of color, black people, when he was a real estate tycoon in New York, and discriminate and was sued by the Justice Department for house of discrimination based on race um, and based on nationality. Um, and so when he talks about that, those are not just his beliefs, but also he recognizes that for his base. It energizes his base because there is a segment of this country, a shrinking segment of this country, but a segment of this country nonetheless that uh, really believes in a lot of the rhetoric that Donald Trump whips up and gets them excited um, and has gotten them excited in ways that previous Republican candidates have not because they, this president is openly talking in ways what we would call dog whistle politics um, in ways that speak to fringe elements of his base. Um, and he has started to normalize some of these uh, beliefs uh, to a more widespread segment of the Republican Party. Where this is a problem is, is that uh, the growing base of independents um, and people who do consider themselves progressive, uh, when you look at the map uh, from an electoral standpoint, I'm not sure how much that type of rhetoric actually gets you closer to winning the presidency in this particular election, given all that is going on, that the pandemic has revealed the social injustices that take place in this country because the majority of people who get sick and die from COVID-19 in this country are black people, followed by the Latino community. Um, and then you pair that with the racial uprising connected to the killings of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. In this environment, I am unsure how uh, Donald Trump gets to win. One of the things that's a misconception is that Donald Trump did not win in 2016 by a landslide. Um, he lost the popular vote and won in key places that Democrats typically do well, Pennsylvania being one of those places. I find it hard that a black woman, along with a former senator and vice president from a place like Pennsylvania, won't be able to carry the state again, won't be able to pick up states like North Carolina, where there's a significant number of black people that live there that are going to be energized by Senator Harris's um, name appearing on the ticket on the ballot in November. And so... This, uh, this, 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 this candidacy on the Democratic side puts the map in play in ways that Hillary Clinton was unable to do in 2016, and it wasn't like Hillary Clinton lost by a landslide. She only lost by 20, 30, 40,000 votes in very cheap states, which in a presidential election, 30, 40,000 votes is not much. Devin Barrington, who's a founder of Black Futures Group, which pioneered the Black Lives Matter movement in the U.S.